hello hello welcome back millennial mind family i'm your host brandy and welcome to the millennial minds mental health podcast show this episode is going to be really special and it's actually going to be propelling us off into a series my first series i didn't even think that i would be creating a series uh you know for this for this podcast this series is actually going to be focusing right now on millennial men that's right millennial men all men black men this is for y'all this is going to be able to give you guys something to listen into and you're going to be hearing from a really 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 important guest i'm in person i've gotten to get to know a little bit um from dallas texas and his name is kobe boone and he's amazing um, and what this series what i'm hoping to have you guys gain from this is being able to to hear from somebody that that does look like you or that is the same gender as you and is a millennial and is actually able to say and speak up for those who feel they, that they are silent right now and that are you know just a little nervous and don't really know how to feel because there's a lot of things going on so this male men series is entitled bro we go through it too and this is going to be part one of many to come i have some future guest speakers already lined up um in place of part two and part three and four five and six who knows how long this could go i don't know when i'm going to be able to cap it off but i'm excited i'm so excited i'm so blessed to be in this position and again thank you guys so much for tuning in from the supporters from day one of episode one to supporters now of episode five you know and again of this series so this is going to be so amazing i hope that it touches and blesses so many people and ladies this is for you too so if you hear this series and you hear this episode please do not you know punch off and and put and press pause and mute me um once you hear that this is really going to be regarding towards men you're going to be hearing from males um in the upcoming weeks as episodes continue to drop uh this is for us too uh a lot of us have male figures in our life and if you don't and you aspire to maybe have a, a intimate relationship with the male you know tune into this be and especially um again this my platform does really have emphasis on the african-american community because i am african-american as well so this really does have a big emphasis on that we need to know um our men are hurting a lot of things are going through their mind a lot of thoughts depressed feelings a lot of a lot of what's happened in the up past weeks have brought up triggers for men as well so we need to be able to educate ourselves and and have resources and have a conversation and have insight on what we can do and just to hear how to, and to hear what they have to say about everything that has gone on and what their life looks like in regards to mental health because everybody's story is different but everybody has dealt with mental health good and bad right so this is again for ladies as well to be able to take this to your brother to your man to your um to your uncle to your father to your grandfather to your cousins any man that you know could really benefit from this send it to them and you listen to it as well get in tune educate yourself so that you know when your man or your father or a male friend of yours and that especially that's a millennial you know can really feel like you got the they got we have their backs and we, they need to know that we do that we care and we have your backs 100 percent and we're making sure and we're applying action behind what we're saying by listening to things like this listening to platforms and listening to conversations like this that are educate educating our minds and are elevating and growing and, and allowing us to to have new insight and have a new ability and perspective to think we need this so um you're gonna hear from colby and he's gonna introduce himself 
so i thank you guys so much for your time for your support and i just cannot wait to see what this series is going to bring the change the blessings the impact that's going to be had on me on the speakers and on the listeners it's going to be great thanks Hello everyone, I'd like to first and foremost say to God be the glory. I'm so thankful and honored to be able to be here with Brandy Sauter today um, for this amazing podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kobe Cornell Boone. I'm CEO and founder of Journey of Mind Incorporated, which is a 501c3 tactic organization that raises awareness for mental health personal development and travel with the underprivileged communities. I'm also the creator of the Milesville Millennial Believers Card Game, which is an extension of that project focusing on faith, mental health, and culture. I am also a graduate of North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University with a Bachelor of Science in Marketing and have now moved to the big state of Texas, residing in Dallas, which is the Bible Belt, which is an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, for me to be able to be here and continue with the kingdom work i believe in mental health so i'm excited to be able to be here with you today Ms. Brandon. thank you kobe so much for for being here uh again it's an honor for me and a blessing and a privilege just to get your time uh i don't know kobe personally uh guys but i did catch his platform and his video uh, when uh, actually kobe when i seen your video of you being on the news talking about uh mental health and being a, um, a male and you know struggling with mental health. So that's really how I got, I came across uh, Kobe guys and his platform and his businesses. So I began to follow him. And when I had started Millennial Minds, I knew that I wanted to have guest speakers um, of both genders uh, that represented the millennial you know generation. And I knew that I had to have you on here because uh, of just uh, what you stand for, uh, just all that you're doing in the community and for yourself and your family. So it really, again, thank you so much for giving me your time. Uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative of it, definitely. Uh, so really, we're just gonna get into it, guys. We're gonna be discussing three topics today. Uh, Kobe is gonna be sharing uh, with us his kind of his mental health journey and experience um, as a millennial and as a male and as a black male, um, how that's been for him and maybe how that sparked you know him to found his businesses and to um, really just propel himself into the mental health field. And also for the second topic and third one, we will be talking about uh, really what men are going through, um, conversations and perspectives that are being had um, amongst them and how they really feel, because right now is really crucial times for a lot of us, all millennials, uh, but the African-American community and especially men of the African-American community because they are at the forefront of where a lot of this harm and this hatred and systematic racism is really happening. And I know it affects them. And, you know, we need to hear these conversations and these insights so people and men know that they're not alone. Uh, so we really, I'm really, again, just glad that Kobe's here to share that with us. And then we'll be wrapping up with just some signs and triggers maybe that Kobe has dealt with um, or that he's seen his friends have gone through and just some things that we can adhere to and be on the lookout for um, and give you kind of that option to check in with a friend and see, you know, hey, are you doing okay? Is everything all right? So Kobe, I really just wanna go ahead and just give you the floor. So if you could just share with us your personal experience with mental health, you know, how did you get to where you're at now? What, did anything happen? Um, what's what's your story? Uh, definitely in one of the best spaces I think I've had in my entire life now. So, so thankful to God for that, but yeah, so for me, uh, my journey with mental health started at a young age. I had an older cousin 
uh, when I was seven, um, had a, a sexual abuse situation happen at that age. At the age of 13, I was molested by four women. I'm at the age of 16, I attempted suicide for the first time. And at the age of 21, in 2016, I attempted suicide for the last time, praise God, which actually spun me into eight months of cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, which is really when, uh, when I approached CBT with my counselor that I had when I started to unpack some of those issues that I had suppressed for over the years from trauma, um, experiences that I had, things that I had normalized within my own mindset inside of my mind, and found out that that was not normal the things that I was going through. Once I got through eight months of cognitive behavioral therapy, when I got out, at the time I was uh, uh, I was in nightlife. I was on one or two jams radio station. Um, I was interning there. I was interning with South Coast Music Group with the baby at that time. Um, I had just met him probably I think it was like 2015. So I, from the outside I looked in, like everything was perfect for uh, a college student, especially at that time. But there was so much inner turmoil that I was dealing with. So I decided to rededicate myself in a sense to bringing awareness to mental health and, and truly my Lord and Savior that had helped me through those turbulent times that I was going through in life. And that is when Trust Your Journey, as was the original name of the organization was, um, came to life. And we founded the organization September 15th of 2017. We gained our 501c3 status January 3rd of 2018. And three years later, yeah, we're, we're still running. Man, that's crazy. Um, and that's just so inspiring, like not just where you're at, but more so for me and what I think can really touch and impact a lot of other people is is seeing that what you went through, you know, like you say, you attempted suicide from what I heard, what, twice? And twice. it like that, not all people share that, you know, so many people have successful attempts and the ones who have tried to attempt suicide, you know, that were unsuccessful. Um, obviously to me in my eyes, that's amazing because um, you're still here, but men need to hear that. You know, I, that's just, that's, that's my perspective. I think they need to know that y'all are going through this, you know, and things and emotions and thoughts are are, weigh, are weighing heavy on your guys' mind and, and it will take you out. So if you don't really mind me asking, it's just, you know, with those thoughts, like how, how difficult was that? How how hard was that to be going through those motions and obviously faking to other people out, you know, out in the world, you know, and at work and et cetera, you know, that you were fine, but behind closed door, doors, you weren't. So like, how was just that, that weighing of feelings? Well, I would say first and foremost, because especially in the African-American culture, we have a, a society that is built on making things such as mental health, making topics such as mental health so taboo. It's not hard at all to actually suppress that. You think about um, now when we look at the news and when we watch the television, that every day we're seeing somebody who got murdered or got killed that looks like us. And we, we see it so often, so much, it's almost normalized inside of our brains that trauma doesn't affect us the same way that it does regularly for anybody else. Um, we have trigger events such as what happened with George Floyd, um, well, with the late great George Floyd, that we have a video on tape, and now in a digital age, we have so many videos of injustices that are happening, but again, it happens so often that oftentimes we normalize this trauma. And I think that began even before social media, when you heard maybe 50, 60 years ago of somebody's child getting hung, or somebody's daughter going missing, it, it becomes so normalized that we oftentimes suppress it because we don't know how 
to address those systematic issues as well as the mental issues that we deal with. So if you were to ask me in that question and answer it directly, it was not difficult at all to suppress it. It was more difficult to find the answer and find community that was going to foster the healthy environment that I needed to grow and move out of those particular spaces. Now, when you have multiple people that are around you are depressed, let me give you an example. Let's mm-hmm. say if you grew up with a depressed mother. Right. Let's say if you grew up with a depressed father, let's say you grew up with cousins, aunts, uncles, whoever is around you, where you see the uh, alcohol abuse, you see addiction abuse all around you, uh, which was not the case with my scenario, but it could be discontentment. Let's say right. you grew up with uh, someone who didn't get the house that they uh, they always wanted, they didn't get the job they always wanted, and they project that energy on the child. That is another level of trauma that we oftentimes experience, but growing up in Eastern North Carolina, I can say for me personally, we kind of bury a lot of our issues within our faith, and we just leave it to God. And I think oftentimes, that, and that's a phenomenal thing, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I believe that mental health practices as well as therapy and counseling ties hand in hand with the word of God. And I think having someone to be able to help you root out those issues, root out those things, because all of it's not what's happened to you. Some of it we have brought onto ourselves. And I can exactly. speak for Kobe Boone and say a lot of the issues once I entered into the Master of the Counseling program at UNC Charlotte, a lot of the issues I found out was things that I did. It was stuff that I settled for. It was issues that I had. And that's the benefit of therapy and counseling, which is my goal today, is that if you're listening to this podcast, really what counseling does for you is it allows you the opportunity to turn that mirror on yourself. Uh, Whatever practice you're going through, whether it's CBT or another strategy or another another form, it allows you to have, it gives you the power back and gives you the strength. And it allows you to take a mirror on yourself to see the areas. You, some of it's going to be bad. Some of it's going right. to be ugly. Some of it's going to be good. But e- either or, you're going to see what it is that you need to see. So to answer that question a little directly, I know it's a long way to answer. But no, really, please keep going. <laughs> it, it, it really is you turning that mirror on yourself. And I think in that particular area, you'll say, man, like what I experienced in this particular case was not normal. This was not something that I shouldn't have gone through. This is not something that I should have seen at this age or whatever. And I think that's kind of the difference. I love it. And I and I agree with, with, with so many things, things that you said. Um, I really agree and love that you said about counseling, you know, gives you the opportunity to turn the mirror on yourself. And I, I kind of want to relate that kind of back to maybe my first episode, or I, I'm sorry, maybe episode two, um, working on the inner you. And I think that's, the part that people miss out on um people have that perception of counseling especially in our african-american community you know again it's it's been so it's been taboo for years you know you don't go tell your business you do not share how you feel you know you need to just deal with it handle it this is just part of life you know we get those stereotypes and those stigmas put on us from people around us but like you said at the same token as well and i know i said this for a fact in episode four that it's not always everybody it's it's you you've gotten to a certain place in your life based upon where you're at and, and what you've done to contribute that you know you may be in low places because you keep hanging around low people you know after you've been shown times and time again this is not your environment this is not healthy for you you keep putting yourself back in that space and in those spaces it's only gonna deteriorate your mental health and then before you know it you know you're at a point where 
you know, maybe kind of how you were, you, you are contemplating suicide, you know, or you are doing behaviors and actions that, that are not like you, you know, because of where you were at. So, uh, you know, really kind of from that, moving from there, you know, with counseling, if you could speak a little bit more with that, how was the counseling experience for you? Um, you know, to maybe encourage other men to consider it or to research it. So what would you say about the counseling experience? Man, counseling is dope. That's exactly what I would say about it. Like, I mean, it is it is by far, I know for many folks that I have personally mentored or folks I'm connected with, whether they were older than me, uh, older enough to be my parents or younger, finding the right counselor and therapist for you is so critical and important. I would behoove anybody that if you do not know how to find a therapist that fits with your personal spiritual beliefs, um, with your your background or whatever the case may be, contact Journey of Mind. We help connect the dots um, for people all the time with finding a right therapist. And we actually have partners, partnering counseling centers that we work with as well that can be, uh, that can stop step within that area for you and find someone that is a great fit. Uh, Psychology Today was where I found my therapist that I have now. When I initially attempted suicide for the last time in 2016, I used a campus therapist. I literally woke up uh, the morning after my attempt. I ran to the counseling center, literally, and was like, I don't know how this works. I don't know like what the process is. Where do I sign up? I just need to see somebody. I need to see somebody today. So that, that was how it began. But finding the right therapist for me, uh, four therapists later, was a process. I had to be intentional. I found someone who was an entrepreneur. So I can navigate between what are stresses of just me being a business owner versus what are stresses and issues that I'm that I'm facing within whatever traumas I've experienced. Um, I found somebody who was a doctor that was very important for me. I didn't want just, which is no knock to anybody, but I wanted someone who had years and years on the clinical side because I have two cousins that have autism in my family and three cousins that have schizophrenia. So I actually have diagnosis, and these are first cousins. So I have diagnosis within my family that I needed someone who had that experience in that area for as well. I use psychology today. I wanted a minority. I found a black man who was amazing. And now even in Dallas, Texas, we're able to have our virtual calls and conversations there. So therapy is phenomenal. You carve out the experience that you want. When you walk wow. with that, you carve out the experience that you want, if you want healing, and you if you want a release, the therapist can only work on what you reveal. I think Jay Z right. said in um, his album 444, like you can only heal what you reveal. That's so yeah. true. It's not just a quote; it's an actual thing. Facts. Like what you actually want to work on, the therapist can help you carve out and understand. But it's it's that willingness to speak. I would dare and say that you can only truly help the people who want to be helped. If you truly want to be helped, if you truly want to be better in life, you want your relationships to flourish, you want your your relationship with God to, to grow and to become go into the next level that you want to, it's gonna become open it's gonna be about opening your heart, but it's gonna be also about examining your own heart. Opening your heart, examining your own heart, understanding what understanding and putting in perspective everything that has occurred in your life. And understanding that he has a plan, he has a purpose and a will for your life. It's all, it's up to you whether you're gonna walk in. And I think that's one of the toughest parts that I kind of learned. And it, and it sounds so rough, it sounds so tough, but it's, it's the honest to God truth. I think years later, from being on both sides, one, being a person sitting in the chair, talking to a therapist, to one, 
being in the master's counseling program and learning some of the early stages of what that practice actually looks like, I, I found out how important it was to have someone who was willing to take that step. Someone will be there for you to walk that journey with you as far as the condition, but it's so yeah. important to have somebody that's ready to take that step. And more often than not, I believe if you ask any counselor, anybody who's in uh, social work, uh, even in their lane, anybody that you would sit with, if they are truly ready to grow, truly ready to go, they're gonna get there. Wow, that's powerful. I no, and I and just thank you for your your you know your your raw perspective and just you know your your answer um, because I really want men to hear that like that is just why you know the biggest why I reached out to you because obviously I'm a woman there's only so so much like you know so much I can do and we can do at times but I know other men other male millennial men need to hear from their peers you know they need to hear from people of their same gender and again we've already said it counseling seeking counseling has just been labeled to be taboo and as a future counselor lpc mhsp you know that's the biggest thing that we're taught so many times in all of our classes it, it is reiterated the session is the client you know that's why i try to encourage tell my friends and my colleagues and my counterparts that you know, hey, you. This this is your session. Um, you know what you reveal. You know is is what I will work with. What we where we would go. You know, obviously, I am going to ask questions and I am going to try to, you know, crack the surface. Hit you know um, on day three and day four and as as time you know progresses. But this session really is yours. It's for you to get the help that you you know you feel that you need. We're not here to be um, you know to be telling you what to do and a lot of people have that perspective and I shut that down automatically we're not there to dictate exactly how this is gonna go it is yours and it is your right you know if you don't feel like talking today I can work with not talking you know I've got I've gotten those some of these um techniques you know in class as you know I'm not sure if you remember but I am in school you know to be a counselor so you know just I I want to make sure that people are hearing that really closely that you know this it's the opportunity for you to really get help that you really need and you have that right to run the session how you feel so and your counselor is going to follow you we're here to just guide we're, we're guiders and we're helpers we're not here to be dictators so really hearing you say and speak highly of counseling i really hope just encourages other millennial men to really just consider it and that's the biggest thing too just consider it just research it um and kind of ask another question just you know springing off to the next part you know so since you've considered counseling or i'm sorry since you've gone through it how the people, the friends around you, the males that you hang out with, um, have any of them ever considered counseling or what has kind of been the conversations about that or just mental health in general? What has kind of been the, the conversations you guys have had? I think for me and my, in my particular space that I was in, I was, uh, I would like to say the, the martyr for my group of friends. When I was okay. in college at A&T, I was with the, the Greeks, the athletes, the, I guess you would call the in crowd people. Mm -hmm. um, my entire time of being in school, I lived in the frat house all through school. I, it was kind of like a, how do I explain it? It was a, a unique group of a very strong A-type personality, alpha males all around me in college. So you had your, your very strong personality attitudes. I always was the center of our group of friends. It was about 40 of us. Um, mm -hmm. with the organization I was a part of at the time. And I would just say with me, once I 
came out with my story about mental health or attempted suicide, it was a shockwave. It was a shockwave and not just, uh, not just A&T as a college, but it was a shockwave through Greensboro uh, and the community that was around me because I had such a large face in nightlife. So it was something right. that was kind of taboo. And for me, I would say my immediate group of friends didn't understand. I would say one in particular, one of my closest friends, who was Mr. A&T at that time, probably within the last seven months we've had the most authentic part of our relationship we had a great brotherhood and bond in college but after some time apart and years later he actually just moved to texas uh we have grown as men in our relationship not as boys but as men after Mm. he went through his own seasons of dealing with mental health issues uh being far away from family being isolated which is so important for every man i don't care men uh, 16 years old, 48 years old, 55, 65, whatever, it doesn't matter. There is a season that every man has to go through that he's got to be alone. It's a season of struggle. I don't know what to call it. Um, I just believe it's a, it's a fine-tuning season that you have to go through as a man. And depending on how you go through it, if you go through it with the Lord, will determine the caliber of the man that you're going to be coming out. It's going to determine the caliber of the father you're going to be, the caliber of the husband you are. It could be your season of home- homelessness in that season you might be sleeping in your car you might be sleeping on your sister's couch that's what it was for me for a year it could be a humbling season where every option that you had before to continue your toxic behavior that you've had as a male or your hyper uh, sexual masculinity that you've had before is going to be it's going to be challenged it could be it could be that for you whatever the case may be of that particular season it could be your broke season let me let me expound on it further we talking today like it could be your season where you have applied after job after job after job and you can't get a job with a degree it it could be that season for you it could be your season like it was from one of my homegirls i graduated with smart as a tech and graduated could not get a job and had to move back home to the hood like that that could be the reality I, i don't know what that season would be for every person what i can say is years later to answer your question when it comes to that ecosystem of friends a lot of us are not friends anymore. and it's not it's just a growth thing it's just a matter of years later oh man let's dive in okay so let's go foremost, <laughs> the, head, the head of my life is christ so mm-hmm. as christ is the head of my life first and foremost and as i've grown into that relationship with him when you've attempted suicide like and you wanted to end your life you have a different level of understanding about the world than people who have not you should walk in a different level of anointing and glory when you've been through something so your conversations and your relationships can no longer be on the surface level anymore because you've literally hit rock bottom before so you know it's only by god's grace and it's only by his mercy that you've even been risen up to be able to be alive another day so the regular surface level relationships or chasing after women or going to the club and just bar hopping, you know how North Carolina gets down with the day parties. Um, <laughs> that's gone with the global pandemic. But that stuff is older when you get grown. Like I'm not talking about just like fresh out of school, trying to figure it out. I'm talking about when you get to this point where I am now, 25 years old, you grown, grown now. Like it's, it's time to start finding your stride and whatever it is that you're gonna be. So right. even in that, as a millennial, and especially as men, I think oftentimes we have this thing where we mature later than women, which, yeah. is, a known, which is a known fact. We mature later than exactly. women. And because mm-hmm. we don't have a biological clock that's ticking, and because of the society norms that we live in that shouldn't be norms, 
we don't have the same level of pressure to get serious about our careers and move forward into that as quickly as women do because again we don't have a biological clock that's ticking so you can still play you can still play around a little bit from as a male and it still be considered cool and whatnot later into your 20s that oftentimes women can be and then you take the fact of being african americans as well you look at the justice system that we live in but there's no excuses for mistakes that you can make. So right. from a society norm standpoint, you're looking at it as an African-American male, you're not given the same allowance that anybody who doesn't look like you or doesn't have your same color has. So if you make a mistake that ends you up in a situation legally, then you're not gonna be viewed the same way as somebody else is as just a young child that's grown or trying to find themselves. And I think for me, tying it back into the question, I found myself early. I, I truly found myself early. Now here, I'm gonna give you something good that I probably never told anybody before. I found myself early. I knew who I was in 2016, the last time I attempted suicide, praise God. I didn't like what I found out about myself. Mm. Which led to me actually attempting because now there's a confusion that I have matured faster than others. I attempted suicide the first time when I was 16. I knew I was gifted. I knew I was anointed. I knew that I was talented. I knew God had a calling on my life. I knew I had a purpose. But all that time that I had spent on the spiritual side of things, which is the, the, the basis of everything, I was running away from my calling of who I was. You can only run, but for so long. So I don't even look at that point in my life as much as a, a, a stop, as much as it was a pivot just in the right direction of where I was always meant to go. I was supposed to marry Keith and Tilford. I, I was supposed to live in Dallas, Texas. I was supposed to be operating at the level that I am now. Like God has a, a very unique way of bringing his will back around, even when we mess it up ourselves. But I, again, to answer the question of when it comes to male friends, I hope you can they can listen to this and dissect and see, there's gonna be seasons that you have to go through that are gonna sharpen you. It's not for your best friend. It's not for your line brother. It's not for your homegirl, it's not for your, it's not even for your lady if y'all dating. It's for you. You need to get the lesson that is meant for you. And if you don't get the lesson in the season that you're meant to learn the lesson, watch out for fall, winter, spring, every other season. Because now you're repeating the same lesson that you were supposed to learn in one area of your life and every other area of your life until the lesson is learned and you won't have the breakthrough that you need because you're going to keep repeating the toxic cycle that puts you there to begin with. So now, to the men that are listening to the podcast, I say to you, you have to really pray. Get some, get some spirituality to yourself. Really, really practice. Get around some men of faith. Some, some men that have some character about themselves, some men that have some, that take pride in being whole so that you can begin to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and search your heart and reveal those things to you in those areas in you that you are struggling with and that you're having problems with. That way you can be able to grow. That was the issue before. It wasn't that I didn't know myself at that time. It was that I wasn't willing to address the issues and the problems that were already within me and the traumas that I had before until I couldn't take it anymore. And what I, right. my goal and my mission in life is that I want to be able to help people to navigate those feelings and emotions, especially in our men, to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and search their heart truly and reveal those things that they need to work on. 
And I can talk, and I thank God for the experiences I've had because I was a club promoter. I can talk to anybody. Like, I can talk to anybody. I think that's something that a lot of guys are looking for, especially yeah. in the clinicians that they speak to. I have a couple of, I have a couple of male friends who do have therapists now. The one that I spoke of earlier, I have another friend in California, another friend here in Texas as well. Uh, as we've got older, they've kind of come back years later and be like, man, I, I didn't understand what you were going through then, but I understood when I bought my first house. I understood yeah. when I moved away from home thousands of miles and I was alone. Like, I understood. And I think that's what the enemy tries to do. I hate to go so long with this question, but I got to give this to no, you. No, I think that's what the going. enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to get us in these spaces that's so noisy, it's so loud, there's so many distractions, distractions. that we're not isolated. And it's only an isolation that you grow. When you plant a seed in the ground, like just to give somebody a very clear depiction, there's one seed soil all around it in the ground. That seed is now licking over to the next hole to say, hey, I wonder how you growing over there. Like, what you got going over there? You got some cantaloupes over there, some watermelons? Like that seed is in its own area, its own place of the ground, its own isolation. There's no light, there's nothing around it it can actually see where it is challenged to grow. When we come from a college environment, especially an HBCU environment, where you have yes. so much of the glitz and glam, the uh, the cultural things that are involved with it as well, a lot of times, a, a lot of times we focus on, I can talk about A&T because I went to A&T and I did A&T the way you do A&T. Like a lot of times <laughs> we focus so much on the excellence aspect. Yes. And we put pressure on the excellence aspect and I, told, I just told my fiance this the other day, I'm more concerned about what it is than what it looks like. Mm, explain that, what do you mean? When we were uh, preparing for marriage, but as we we're still preparing for marriage, I was so focused on premarital counseling. I was so focused on the dynamic of our relationship, understanding each other's families, who we were as individuals. He has our own therapist and been in therapy for years as well as me. I was so focused on the inner workings of it that by the time we were even released to the world that we were getting engaged, whatever the case may be, it wasn't a surprise. Because people had seen the work over the course of the time of our dating that it, it just made sense. It, uh, it, it just made sense. These are two right. highly anointed people who are now coming together. What I'm talking about for an individual when it comes to mental health is yeah. that when you've done the work within yourself, it is no excuse of how your success is gonna come back at the end. You know yourself. Let me let me give put it in perspective to somebody who's in their 30s or their middle age and they're dating, or yeah. they're trying to find their Mr. Right. I'm gonna use a woman's example because I know this personally from a family member. When you do what you enjoy, whether that's art museum, whether that's going to the park, whether that's taking care of your dog, you don't have to worry about finding Mr. Right. Mr. Right is gonna find you. Not because you're isolating yourself in such a space that you're just in the home all the time or whatever, but that you're truly enjoying the life that God has given you and he's going to align the path with whoever was meant to take that next step of the journey with you. Wow. So so often um, I speak to like my, my vice president, for example, she is uh, pursuing her master's in counseling. She's going to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. Uh, my secretary uh, is going into social work. My parliamentarian, she's actually, uh, yeah, she's going to get her master's in clinical uh, psychology. And we're having a conversation one time when I was talking about ecosystem. I'm really big on ecosystems and how a healthy ecosystem can bring about and foster so much change in the individual. And I was yeah. talking about 
in that particular perspective, when you t- when I'm talking about A&T and what it looks like and versus what it is, is that we have to, uh, from a larger margin, not just our school, but HBCUs in general, African-American community, culture in general, we have to really get to the root of the issues and develop people there. Because what we end up doing oftentimes is we have really good looking people come out of our school. We're go for, I'm gonna oh. focus on this part of it. Yes. We, we look good on paper. Mm-hmm. More degrees than more degrees than the mom of T D Jake says. We have people who <laughs> smart smarter than tech, smart as a whip. Um yep. but emotional intelligence is lacking. Emotional maturity is lacking. Um we we will retweet somebody's business all day long. I'm telling you this from the business community that I'm in now. We will retweet somebody's business all day long on social media because they put a hashtag that we relate to, but the back office processes of that business is janky. They don't have an EIN number or they don't have great customer service. Like, And this is something that's not just in our in our particular school or environment at all. It's, a, it's our community at large. I think we have to have more accountability, which is another point I want to give you guys. I'm more concerned about what it is and what it looks like. You can only heal what you can reveal. And we have to have more accountability as it relates to mental health. The reason for that is this. I, I know it's a lot, you guys, just stay with me on the podcast. The reason why that accountability is so powerful is that if nobody is around you that is a positive, healthy, whole, God-filled mentor to be able to tell you when you are out of line and when you are wrong, you will continue to operate out of alignment, wrong, and will forfeit the blessing that God may have on you and whatever season it may be, because now he can't bless any mess. Your life is tight again. Your relationships aren't healthy. You're, uh, you may not be getting knocked upside the head in your relationship, but the man yeah. that you might be with is speaking down on you. He's not, he's not encouraging you as a queen. He's not leading you. He's not, he's not pushing you to be the best version of yourself. So then women are reactive. So I'm speaking to my men on this podcast now. Women are reactive. So what you input, what you instill, what you pour into your woman is what you're going to get out. Yep. That might be a little heavy to somebody that's 22 years old, but I'm telling you a couple of years later, you're going to learn it. What you place you get into it. your woman, you're going to get it back. Like you put, and my mama used to say, you can't watch the boob tube. She was talking about TV. You can't watch the boob tube all day and expect that you're going to get good out at the end of the day. You have to instill God's principles. You have to instill the word. You need to be listening to uh, Brandy on the podcast. You need to be putting hey. stuff in so you can get good stuff out. And that that is part of the issue now. But today we have so much stuff that's happening. I know I'm like far off, but we have so much no, stuff keep that's going. happening in the world. So many, so many distractions, so much information that we're receiving at all times that I think it, we don't allow ourselves to truly be isolated long enough just to reflect. Now, yeah. I understand that the enemy tries to get us in a space where we're totally isolated. We feel like we have nobody to talk to. But there's a difference between a healthy isolation wherein you invite the Holy Spirit and it's just you and God. Lord, work on me. I, I'm depressed, Lord. I, I, I've gotten into something that I shouldn't be into. I'm with somebody that I shouldn't be with. I'm, I'm having conversations with people I shouldn't be having. I'm having sex with people that I shouldn't be having sex with. I, there's a hole in me. I need you to feel me so I'm not trying to fill it with somebody else. I need you to feel yeah. me so I'm not feeling it with alcohol. I'm not feeling it with um, narcotics. I'm not feeling it with things that I don't need. That kind of isolation will bring you out like pure gold. 
but the wrong allowing those things that you're going through to isolate you and mute you will set you off much like I was where I'm isolated and I feel like I can't talk to nobody nobody will mm-hmm. understand nobody nobody understands what I can go through nobody's on this level that I'm on and that's what the enemy tries to do is put you in a place that now you're isolated and you're you so you can't call for help and that's where therapy comes into play let me help you unwind the yarn if you imagine like a ball of yarn like therapist helps you unwind it I'm not going to do it for you I'm going to give right. you the tools I'm going to give you the platform I'm going to give you the space I'm going to guide you I'm going to guide you like you said I'm going to guide you and I'm going to help you unwind it but at the end of the day it's going to be your hand that's starting yeah. to unwind that yarn and that's what therapy is all about man that Kobe you're preaching today all my I Y'all, he has literally left me speeches. I don't even really know how to follow up nor what to say from that. Like, it's you you said so much and all of it was equally as powerful. I can't even rank, you know, what goes before what. But one thing I really, I know that I relate to because you went to a and I went to, you know, the Tennessee State University out here in Nashville. And yeah, you know, that's the HBCU love, so he already know. Um, y'all, and it's and those who have not attended HBCU, that's okay. Um, but those who have that are on this, that are listening to this this podcast right now, and if you try to say you don't know, I think that's a false, um, you know, statement. But it, Kobe hit it on, he hit it on the head. Like people come out looking like gold, you know, resumes, internships, etc. Um, can dress nice, suited tie clips and all like they will put together and that's not saying that you won't be successful but he just it's it's so much more than just looking looking well on the outward you know um appearance it's all about inside like you can look like you can get the job but if you go into the interview and you didn't even you didn't even do this step you didn't even research the company you didn't even look into is this somebody that i want to work for are they actually going to be able to to actually, you know, support me or actually be able to pour into me how I need to be? Is this where I should be? Should I be in this room? So a lot of us coming out of HBCUs um, and during our college, you know, matriculation, you get this, you get this persona and you get these unwritten rules and this lifestyle that you've got to be at the table. If you're not in, you out. Like, that's just, that's what it's mm-hmm. stated to us so much through media, through friends. Oh my gosh, man, we're not going to get on organization. You ain't involved. You ain't in this this org and that fret or whatever you like, you ain't making you? it who are you like you really you are you are what uh you you know um you like a, like a non-factor um or a gdi <laughs> really what we call it you know at our schools but you know that that's what you're told and and i've seen i've seen it so many times folks that were on top i don't even calling nobody out i'm not gonna name no names that's not what i'm trying to do but you know it's just i've seen people that were on top in college now the college is over you know, where where is where is that sparkle at? Where is that who, glitter at? Who had that who had that song like um oh it's fifty uh fifty cent that said, Man, I'm back in high school, you was a man, homie. What happened to you? And and you, and, you know me. you know what happens, what what oftentimes how that occurred and what we're what we're touching on, just to give everybody context, what we're touching on is the yeah. cultural the cultural influences that yeah. foster for our unhealthy mental capacity cultural influences that happen 
that really create this type of unhealthy mental capacity that many people are in that do graduate. And if you look at college, college are the years that you should be learning yourself. You should yep. be gaining your education. You should be learning from experiences. You should be going to PWIs. You should be going to different schools. You should be learning about different cultures and having the understanding that just outside of your school, whether you go to a PWI or HBCU, this is the time to learn because this is the only protected space before you out into the real, real world. And oftentimes you will find, um, and I don't know if we have enough time on this podcast, but you will find once you leave from the protection of your college campus, whether it's the HBCU or PWI, it doesn't matter. Uh, we tend to, to get with our folks in whatever capacity we're at anyway. But you will find once you get into the real world, some of those false pretenses of protection that you believe you have, you might receive a helping hand from somebody in the real world that don't look like you. Yep. And if you have only been trained, I'm still thinking from experience, I can talk to anybody. Like, right. if you only have been trained and been taught to identify and to relate with people that look like you, you are not only limiting your learning capacity um you're, you're not only limiting your learning capacity and the breadth for which you will uh go in life the distance in which you will go in life you are limiting what god may have for you as well because yeah. if you look at revelation oh, if, if you look in revelations like when we go to heaven you're gonna have people of all colors and all backgrounds when we focus on the mental health issues that are simply faced against our people, I'll tell you something that's so ironic. We were protesting here in Dallas uh, right after uh, the George Floyd incident that occurred. And I was so surprised and shocked marching with my fiance that there was far more people who didn't look like us that were marching than there was people that looked like us. And I said, what, and I, what surprised me the most was like, what was it not that this man that got killed looked just like you and I? And this is what I said to my fiance, and it was so surprising to see those take up in arms and protest. And I think there's 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 layers to that to unpack as well. But I would encourage folks that, hey, even in the context of the conversation we're having today of mental health, know that even though our issues are sometimes unique uh, and very much more often than not, sometimes they are sometimes they are very systematic, and much of them are we have to understand that help can come in many ways and it can come from many hands and it can come from many different places you have to have the discernment to understand what help is the best fit for you and that is where you begin on your first step of the journey of mental health um getting to a better space getting into therapy whatever the case may be your first step is identifying yourself and once you have found that identity taking that step to unravel that yarn and figure out how do you get back to that optimal wellness? Or how do you get to, for the first time in your life, the optimal wellness that was ultimately uh, predestined for your life? Man, power for y'all. I really hope y'all are really listening to Kobe's gems because he is dropping so many gems for really, you know, for men, of course, because that's, you know, the, the, the word we we're targeting, but for ladies too. Um, and that's kind of where I really want to, you know, go. And I, I really ask you quickly, you know, uh, Kobe, you know, just so you being a male, you know, you, you, share, you shared your experience that you share what you've been through. They're giving us all these gems, all this insight. So as a as a millennial male, right, 
what can we do? Because I've had these conversations with, you know, with my my friends. You know, I do feel like there are things that we can do. Um, whether that does come, you know, like your fiance. So maybe you could share how she has helped, how she has checked in with you to make sure that you still are progressing mentally you know because obviously you were at you were at a, uh, a really bad place years ago but of course you want I'm, I'm assuming she wants to see you continue to progress um mentally and, and and be healthy right so you know just give us your opinion on what people outside of y'all can do whether it is your fiance your wife your you know your girlfriend your sister your mother um you know so for the ladies in a sense the women uh, what can we do to make sure that you guys are are okay and, and if you aren't okay what can we do you know um obviously speaking out of counseling in a sense if they haven't gotten there if they have got there but what can we what, what is our part how we can contribute to making sure that you guys are healthy and if you aren't healthy how, how can we how can we you know kind of impact that i would say first and foremost uh thank god for black women um Black women are our healers naturally. Like, I think it's just women are just the healers. They're our mothers, they're our sisters. So in that sense, coupling us with prayer is just first and foremost, one of the biggest things I know I've had between my mother, folks who are around me, friends that I have, like my vice president I spoke about, who have always covered me in prayer. And I think that's so important for men. I would say that we have to be willing to, it's almost like, Let's say you break a, a bone, you break your arm or something. If yeah. you don't allow that thing to be put into a cast, it's going to heal, but it may not heal in the right setting. It may not heal in the correct way that you'll have full usage of it again. If you break a heart, if you don't allow it to heal in the correct way, if you don't put it in the right place, it may heal, but it may not heal in the full capacity and usage that you are again. The reason why I'm saying that is this. There are three things that always are going to challenge a man's mental health in one capacity or another and can going to help define who he is as a man. One right. is going to be broken pockets. Oh, broken yeah. pockets. Uh, broken pockets will make or break a man. A broken heart. Yo, oh gosh. Make, make or break a man. The third thing is a broken pride. If you mm. break a man's sense of pride wherein he has to try to rebuild that again, those are three things that every man who will listen to this podcast is going to identify with at least one of them and how it helped, helped him to become who he was. I think with women, I think if women understand those three things about men, it will help them to understand their man or their brother or their father or whoever out of those three key components, how to help address them. What men have to do, which is easier said than done, is allow themselves to be to be Help. willing to be healed to be healed mm. like you have to like you have to understand and see and i think one of the best ways that i can believe that i can do that now i had a conversation with my vice president i was telling her hey you know in the space that i am now in life and corporate and working i i can't advocate quite the same way that i did before even with scheduled posts and whatnot it's just not quite the same and she was telling me you know i think the best example that you can provide is in the way you are now living your life and i was like what do you mean by that and she was like for people who have watched your advocacy as an advocate of mental health and how we are as business owners and your podcast, whatever platform you have, the best example that you can give is the way that you go about your own life. If somebody has seen you a year ago from where you are right now, Brandy, they might be shocked. But if yeah. somebody sees you from where your life was a year ago to four years from now, five years from now, when where you may be, they might be inspired and amazed. So 
the longevity of being within your field, within your nature, especially you becoming a clinician, whatever the case may be, and I'm kind of speaking into your life at this point, is that where you are now is not where you're gonna be, but by the example in which you live your life and you lead your life, it's, it's, it's like fine wine, it gets better with time. Like you can only get better. You're only gonna have more episodes. You're only gonna meet more people. You're only gonna get more connections. You're only gonna get stronger. Your testimony is only gonna have more validity to it because now you have had years of walking that walking that experience for where you're gonna be. And that's the same token when it comes to men, for the men, for the strong men who have a voice, who have been through something and came out on it on top. For the strong men who do have faith, stand up, be be representative, be an example, step out, speak to that brother who, who may not look like you or may not walk like you or talk like you. Be a representation instead of taking yourself aback and watching the world take place as it is. When we know there is agenda against our young black boys, you have to be a positive example. So yeah. minus those three things as men that we all face and go through, I believe those chosen few, as my as my fiance say, says, the chosen few that are warriors who just have that thing that you can't teach, you can't buy it, you can't. Yeah. I, I would say you can't even pray for it. I think it's something that was instilled in you at birth. Those like warriors that it factor. Have to, that it factor. You those warriors have to stand up and use whatever gift or platform that God has given you to His glory to help people. And I think when it comes to our men, we need more champions. There's a there's a song. It's not really a gospel song, but it's a song by Bougie Banton. It's uh, one of my favorite Jamaican artists. My fiance is Jamaican, and it's called Champion. And what in the song he's talking about walking like a champion, talking like a champion, like right. that. That really is what our men need now. We need men who are champions, strong men who will stand up and hold young brothers accountable. I've got more mentor mentees than I can count. I never thought mm -hmm. myself of being a mentor. I just realized that if somebody saw something enough in me and my broken story in my life that they would want to reach out to me to be a mentor, after I had a conversation with them and I felt there was something advantageous that I could provide, I would do so. So now I have all these mentees and, and really the best representation, the best representation that they've been able to tell me that they've had by being my, my mentee or by following what things that I do is the way that I lead by action. Like just lead by action, and I'll see. Nah, this is a, this isn't something that's healthy, or uh, this isn't something that Kobe would probably do. Or you know what? He did tell me that there will be times like this where you have to analyze this with somebody, or you have to watch how somebody moves, or whatever. Like that's kind of, and I don't know what to call that. You can't always find that stuff in the book. Some people call it street knowledge, whatever, but. I, I would like to call it this discernment that the Holy Spirit and the Lord gives you to be able to see things for just what they are, especially right. when you're a young man. Like, especially when you're a young man, you're trying to figure this out. And you're trying to you're trying to walk this walk. You're trying to be whole, but you have so many things pulling you in different directions. So, I know I always give a long answer to a short question, but I would definitely say, uh, women will continue to be exactly what they are. Strong. They'll be they'll be healers. They'll be uh, prayer warriors for us, they'll uplift us, they'll encourage us, but us as men, those select few that God has chosen to stand up, be strong, and be heard, we have to do so because there's so many men who are silent, there's so many yeah. men that are on mute, there's so many men that are on hush, and they are struggling internally, and it's up to us to provide that representation that, hey man, life can be a whole lot healthier, your skin can glow king, you can get the skin right, get your... Get your yeah. nails, get your manicure, get your, your edges. Get your, 
get your, uh, get, get snatched. Listen, every, you can have a healthy life. You don't have to have that toxic, that toxicity in every area of your life. You don't have to have that at all. And I think the best thing we can do, as like I try to do every day, is show the love of Jesus Christ in my life, but also yeah. be a representation because I know there's brothers coming behind me that are watching. And I'm just so glad you ended it like that. Like, do what you're saying. There's there's young men that are watching you. And actually, my mom has always told me that, you know, um, you know, people, there's always going to be that big crowd. She kind of said like this, you know, there's always going to be those people that are, you know, obviously waiting to see you fail and, 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 and you know, celebrating that. Yeah, she's going to fail this time. Brandy's not going to make it. You know, or Kobe's not going to make it. There's just no way, you know. But there, she's like, there's always a really small portion. It may be one, it may be five against those 15 people that are rooting for your failure. But she's like, those, those one or five people are waiting to see if you're going to do the right thing. And I've seen that testimony she's given me as I've been a young girl. It's came around and been so true you know whether I did catch it right at the moment or I caught it later you know where whoever friends or or mentees you know that I had a few in, in college you know that waited for me to do the right thing they were hoping like I bring it I can see you can go this way but I need you to go right please don't go left you know what I'm saying and and and, and that is so true and like you said, we need the men who do have the voice and who do have the platform or are really ultimately like I love that you're giving so much acknowledgement to God because I'm on this. I, I believe in him just as much, but I'm still obviously really on my spiritual journey. And you're pouring into me in ways that I didn't even think this was even going to go this morning. You know, I did not even see this coming, but I pray that, you know, God ran this exactly how he wanted it to go. Um, and, and, and he's doing that, you know, with you on here. So that's just the big thing you know but like i was kind of saying just you're giving that acknowledgement to god so if you are a, a believer or you know that you have you know the, the ability to pour into people and help them do so use that like you said there's so many millennial men that are that are quiet and that are silent and that are nervous and that are scared that's the big thing i think i'm not sure if you agree kobe but a lot of men are scared and the big thing too i'm gonna go back to childhood real fast and before we wrap up just you know, you guys have been told a lot of things, you know, be a man, you're the head of your household, or, you know, it's, it's appropriate times to show feeling and emotion and, and things like that. So I feel that's why things that have happened in their childhood or their adolescent years have crossed over into the millennial years to where ladies, that's why your male does not, you know, express himself. He shuts down when a conflict is, is, is being had, you know, or an argument or an uncomfortable situation or whatever it may be. That's why some sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes those things happen. They shut down. They really weren't ever shown the proper way to communicate and to express your feelings and say, hey, you know what? I really don't like when you do that. You know, Kobe him a lot of different things. You may not be getting knocked upside your head, but your man is staring you down or your guys' relationship or your friendship is not progressing. And it's sometimes it, you have to do that inner work. You have to go back and figure out what has happened along the way to where to, you know, to give me realization on why I am the way I am and where I'm at in my life. And Kobe is one of those really good examples, y'all. He's, I can see this man, this man is so blessed. He is a, he's a really great example, you know, on not to be like him. I'm not, everybody's their own person, but to, to where you can be, how you can come from a really bad darkness spot and God totally transformed that. You know, when you do the when you do the work, and and that work is is difficult. Is you know can be hard. I was I'm gonna kind of ask that Kobe. So I mean, would would you say this was easy? Would you say where you're at now was that easy to get here? 
Uh, I would definitely not say it, and I'm at a point where it ever. I, I definitely wouldn't say it was ever easy for sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anybody that, but I wouldn't deter you by saying that it was not easy because I would tell you what was harder was to continue to live the life that I was living. I mean wow. that that was a whole lot harder to continue in that space and continue in that lane than it is now. Um, mm. And I, I I love the journey that it is. I, I would say to any man, being a leader is. Being a leader or head of your household, as it's oftentimes, well, we got to do a part two of this. It's, it's more of a energy than it is a position. Mm. Like it's more of a, I won't even say dominance. Like, and, that, and that's the difference is that you have books like The Ways of the Superior Man. Uh, the Ways of the Superior Man is a phenomenal book. It's, it's a book that analyzes just the energy of the feminine energy and the masculine energy and the balance of the two and how men can be greater uh, partners by balancing the two. But I take my word for, uh, first and foremost from the Bible. That is where I get mine from originally. And I think what we have to understand as men is there is a balance between even being a male nurturer. And we, we identify that nurturing uh, spirit as something that's being feminine so we don't nurture our young kings so they grow up as princes that never receive their crown because they've never had somebody nurture them and instill in them the wisdom that they need to really grow and develop into who they need to be so if you ask me was that hard I would say it was harder to learn that it was okay to be nurtured than it was for me to get to a space that I was able to nurture I had to be willing to be nurtured. I had to be willing to be loved. It was these things that we fight against as men. And as I say that, let me remind people that we that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities. We we and dark forces is what the word of God says. So there's some things that we are facing against and that we're battling against that do mute us, that do make us fall silent. And that is why we must cry out to the Lord. That is why we must cry out for help that is why we must seek wise counsel wise friends you don't need just homeboys that can buy a booth and a bottle with you you need people who can go to prayer with you you need some mm. brothers that can call you when you're going through like those are the type of relationships that i those are the relationships that i seek out today and the, and the relationships that i have that are not like that are relationships that i don't pour into i can't like <laughs> that's 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 you can't afford to. <laughs> like you, you, you I can't actually, even afford to do that. You actually cannot afford to because you end up risking, especially if you're coming into a covenant and a union, you end up risking the, your covenant and the union that you do have because now you're taking energy that should be put towards your family and you're yeah. placing it to someone else. Again, we gotta do a part two. We do. And I just like just wow. That's honestly all I can say. Kobe and Philly left me speechless and anybody that knows me, I'm a far from a speechless person sometimes. Uh but this this has just been amazing. I really hope all listeners, all my millennial males really were able to get some valuable gems and insight, guys. Like Kobe is again a great example. I can't say that enough. And I really hope you're able to take something away from this and be able to apply it to some aspect of your life, whether that's emotionally, physically, um, intellectually, you know, all those aspects make up mental health in various ways. So really listen to this, rewind it, replay it, pass it on. That's a big thing too. Please pass this on. Um, support Kobe, support his business um, and, and what he's doing. Um, 
um, and, and just really uplift him and uplift the ones around you and know that you can get better and that, you know, darkness is only for a moment in time, but you've got to be able to do the work and be able to know that there's something so much bigger that you have for yourself, um, even when it doesn't seem like that at the current moment. Uh, so, Kobe, I just, I appreciate you. I thank you so much for your time and just for you being on here um, and being my first male speaker. I just been so excited about that. Uh, and I just, I appreciate you so much um, for everything. Um, and I just, again, I thank you. Thank you so much for being with us on on this part, part one of the men's series of Bro, We Go Through It Too. Yeah, it's been a blessing and an honor. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I will talk to you soon then. i leave it behind if you let me. I'm running, I drown just to hold you down